This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Jess Connolly, and you are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We exist to equip and encourage kingdom women who are using their God-given gifts for the good of others and the glory of God. If you are a mom, a student, an artist, a doctor, we are hoping that this episode will leave you encouraged and ready to run. We're so glad you're here. Let's go. Well, 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 welcome back, ladies. <laughs> the Go and Tell Gals podcast is back. We took a long summer hiatus, but today you've got me, Jess, and Anna. And we're really pumped. We're honestly thrilled to be back. We are so excited to be back. We want to hear how you guys are doing. We want to tell you how we've been doing. We want to talk about this past summer. And we really want to dig into today's question, which is, what is my calling? And we're not talking about what is my calling, just commonly necessarily, and what is it going to pick calling, but what is your calling? Because we know this is a question that so many of you are asking. But before we get into that, we really just want to catch up and we want to hear about some major updates in your life. If you'll share them with us and we want to share some major updates about our life as well. Amen. Amen. Okay. First update that you guys need to know is that we had a summer like no other in that we were so transient. We were all over, all over the place all summer long. <laughs> there was like not a single week that all of us were there wasn't. in the office together. From May until August. Yeah. There was not one week that we were all in the office yeah. together. And not like small things. Like no. Out of the country unreachable. When we said it was crazy. When we would tell people about our summer, we were like, this is not normal. This is not how it's we live. Not, it's not normal. You went to Europe. Mm-hmm. Hensley went to Europe. Yes. Caroline went to South Africa. I went to Africa. Yep. Emily went to an amazing vacation with her family to a lake. It was just a really interesting, transient summer. And more than that, we were also just like visiting family. I don't know if it was the summer that you guys had to, like, I feel like for us, it was like redemption from 2020 and 2021. Yeah. When we had been obviously so cautious and close to home for the last two years, this felt like, okay, we're going to get out of our houses a little bit. A lot of it was mission trips or like church trips or work trips, but it was still like, we were like, let's, let's get out and do yeah, what God's asked what, us to do. And also some of it was rest and some of it was fun. But it was important too. It was also important, but yeah, it was just a really, really interesting summer. Okay. We also just announced yesterday because it just happened yesterday as of right now, when we're recording this episode, that as of yesterday, we have a home. <laughs> so a long time coming. Yesterday, Nick and I closed on a commercial building that will be going tell gals new offices. And guys, we honestly we should have to do a whole podcast episode about this story at some point, or maybe he can write it in his own book. But the story, the short version is this: is that 
during 2020, Nick and I were on a sabbatical with our family and God started talking to Nick about real estate and getting him like really excited about this is a way that we can really seek the welfare of our city and reach more people in our city. And also this is the way we can provide for our kids because I don't know if any of you guys are like me and you have three, almost four teenagers, and you're starting to feel the weight of college and life and all the things and braces, then Nick was like, listen, I got to think a little forward here. I got to do something maybe extra on top of pastoring. And so he was getting excited about real estate. Like most things in our marriage, I'll make this story short. Like most things in our marriage, I was late to the game. I was not excited. And so I was like, no, I can't handle one more thing. Then a few months later, I was spending some time with God, just praying about going tell gals. And I was like, you know what? If going tell gals had our own space, that would actually be really incredible for the way that we feel like God's asked us to grow, for the work that we feel like God's asked us to do, that would be helpful. And so we just started praying. That was 2020. We basically prayed and learned, and Nick learned a ton about real estate for the last two years. He found this property in January, 2022. And even finding the property was a miracle. It was a property he had looked at, but it had gone off the market, all the things. And then it went back on the market and we made an offer. And then our team kind of got to live this story privately, really sweetly. All We were all so excited and prayerful about us putting in an offer on this building. We thought there's no way it'll get accepted. There were larger offers, all the things, and they accepted our offer. But then then the real work began because it took us six months to get to a closing date because it was just wild and crazy with permits and parking spots and all the things. So we finally closed yesterday. We're breathing, breathing lighter today. We're breathing lighter. In the meantime, though, we had been working, all five of us here in the office, we had been working out of 150 square feet, which was actually crazy. If you're wondering, we were sitting on each other's laps. The answer is basically. The answer is basically. So in the meantime, we did rent another office here at the building that we're in. So we now have two small offices, but at least we are not sitting on each other's laps anymore. And we have one space for shipping and merchandise and one space to actually work. And that's been good, but it's still only temporary because we're moving into our new space soon. We can't wait. Can't wait. Okay. Biggest update. Well, you talk a little bit about the intern retreat because that was a big deal. We launched our intern program. We hosted an intern retreat. Yeah, it was a huge deal. So the summer while we were off, we launched our first ever full-blown internship program. It is Mm going to be moving forward. We pray every single year. We will have interns with us for a full year. They each kind of own a different area of what we do. So we have a podcast intern and we have a graphic design intern and we have a email and SEO intern. We have six different specific intern positions and they are all so unique and so wonderfully equipped for these positions already. We are so excited about the women who God gave us in these positions. They are such blessings. I'm sure we will get to introduce them all to you at some point, but we decided to kick it off with just a super intensive life-giving retreat in Charleston. We got a Airbnb and we hosted all of the women mm-hmm. and it was just two days of strategy and spirit and yeah. it was just awesome. 
It was really so wonderful. It was such a gift. And in case you're wondering, so in exchange for them helping us, obviously, as interns, because this is an unpaid internship program, in turn, we're trying to give them just a ton of coaching and a ton of access to the inside of our business. If that is something that is encouraging or helpful for them to see moving forward, and yeah, and I hope that I pray. I think that a lot of that happened at the retreat. Yeah. It was, it was super life-giving for us. So we closed on the building. We were all apart. We're finally back together here at Go and Tell Gals. And honestly, it feels like harvest season. I don't know if the phrase harvest is something that people use outside of our office, but we all kind of know what we mean when we say harvest. Yeah. <laughs> and if, I don't know, maybe that phrase resonates with you, but summer does not feel like harvest to me. Summer feels like, all right, we're taking a deep breath. Obviously we were all still working, but, but we're like resting even in our work. We're doing deep work. We're getting into kind of like the back channels of our work and less of the forward facing content producing time, but harvest feels like it's here in regards to fall. And by that, I just mean like we are pushing for us. I hope you always know it. Go and tell gals when we are pushing and when we're working, we're always doing it with you in mind. And what are the ways that we can equip you? Because we know that that's probably for most of you what this season looks like for you. If you are a mom, your kids are back in school. And that might bring a little more hustle or a little more busyness to your life. If you're in ministry, if you are want to be in ministry, if you're wanting to start some kind of work or business where you use your God-given gifts, we just know this might be a time where you're really starting to press in and we want to be on your team in that. And so we're doing that in a lot of different ways. We have a one-day coaching event coming up called Recover in September that we're very excited about. And by the time this podcast comes out, you would have just a few more days to register if you want to hear about that. But you can go to goandtellgals.com and hear about our one-day coaching event called Recover. We are helping to share our fall into freedom guide right now, which is our 30 plus page digital guide to help you really process your fall and the season ahead with some intention and clarity, help you think through your rhythms, where you're going to rest. We are about to jump into coaching certification, which really takes up all of our fall Mm -hmm. in the best ways. And our coaching certification program is where we take women who feel called to be coaches or believe they are a coach in some capacity or maybe are already coaching in some capacity, and we certify them in the Go and Tell Gals coaching program, giving them the six steps that we use to coach, teaching them how to build a business or a coaching ministry, teaching them to figure out who it is they're coaching. And so if that's something you're interested in, goodness gracious, you need to go to goandtellgals.com and apply right now. Yes. Because it's happening and it's coming quickly and we would want you to have your spot if that's good for you. What else do you feel like, is there anything else I'm missing that we're just kind of pushing into this fall? I don't think so. That feels like a lot and that feels like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you've never heard us say it clearly, it's interesting. I mean, even just so you have a little bit bigger of the go and tell gals picture as one of our friends, we want you to know where we're headed for the long haul and and hopefully in the next few years. And then in the long haul is we really want to be a primary source for women who need encouragement and equipping in their God-given gifts. And we know a lot of you are in communities where you're being encouraged and equipped. And we know a lot of you, unfortunately, are not. And so we want to be that for you, whether it's through free resources like this, the podcast or social media, or giving you free guides, et cetera, or whether it's through a coaching product or an actual coaching moment or 
helping you become a coach, a certified coach so that you can use that in your own way. We just want to be on your team and we want to encourage you and equip you. And today we're going to dive literally right into that as we talk about figuring out what your calling is. I do want to say before we dive in, I want to make sure you listen to this whole episode and stay until the end because we are going to do a giveaway for a free one hour coaching call with me. I would love to just come alongside you, hear about what's going on in your life here, maybe where you feel a little stuck or where you have some questions. So at the end of this podcast episode, we're going to tell you how to win a one hour free coaching call. And I would love to chat with you, but today let's talk about what is my calling. Okay. I want to know First off, Anna, have you ever had a season where you really like wrestled and wondered what your calling is? Yes, absolutely. Is it right now? No. Come on. If it was, I wouldn't say it. I'm just kidding. It's not right now. I'd be like, I'm not confused. I know your calling. It's right here. Go ahead and talk about it. Just kidding. I want you to do what God's asked you to do, but I do think it's this. (laughs) Well, honestly, we were kind of talking about it and we see in real life and the women that we get to coach and that we do life with, we see like a few different scenarios and a few different seasons where women kind of get tripped up with their calling and figuring out what it is. And we thought maybe it might just help to even start there and say, hey, do you find yourself in one of these seasons? Can we give you a little encouragement just about being in that season? So the first one that you and I, I feel like we encounter a ton is either women who are in college or fresh out of college. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe it seems like this is what we hear from women a lot, that it seems like everybody else is really sure what they're supposed to do and what they're going to do after college. And maybe you have started to learn what you're good at, but you're not totally sure if like that's your end all be all calling. Maybe you're just not sure if that's your thing. Or I don't know, maybe you went to school or you or you didn't go to school and you took a different path and you saw a way forward that was maybe profitable or wise for you, or even maybe just comfortable for you, but you're not sure that it's it. Like you're not sure like this is it. This is my calling. I don't know. You could have had just moments of like surging awareness regarding what you're supposed to do with your life. And like, maybe you see this big light shining at the end of the tunnel, but the rest of the time it feels really dark and you're not sure what's next, or you're not sure if you're on the right path or if you're doing it. I will be honest with you. I feel like I had a lot of moments like that, like not only going into college, but even like the years after college where I was just like, is this it? Am I making a mistake? Yeah. And especially college, I think that and college that or that same like life season timeline, I think there is so much buildup to it. And there is so much culturally tied to that and spoken into that, that it feels like a lot of pressure when you are in that season to the point where you're almost thinking, am I doing this wrong? Yeah. You know, it's like you have it spoken over you, over you, like these are going to be the best four years of your life. And your life is just getting started. Like, you know, you, you have these like really huge things spoken over you, which is great and beautiful and Mm. equipping. But when you're in it, it can feel, it can feel paralyzing. It can feel like, am I doing this wrong? Yeah. Or if this doesn't feel like the best four years of my life, does that mean that the rest of my life is going to be terrible? 100%. 100%. If this is me peaking, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was like something that I feel like I wrestled with like in college and shortly after college. I loved college, but there's just a lot that is like really 
really yeah. built up. In general, I want to say, I want to be very careful to never tell anyone this is going to be the best year of your life. Yeah. Like we actually don't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And on the flip, we're also so careful to be, to not like go on the other side and be like, just this is wait, gonna be this so is going to be so yes. hard. You yes. know, we're big on that too. A hundred percent. Okay. Well, speaking of that, a season that I feel like gets kind of like hated on in general is the kind of like early adulthood season, Mm -hmm. the post-college age, maybe like mid-20s. And I mean, this one is intense. Like people say really heavy things like, oh, just wait till you're out of college. Wait till you're in the real world. FYI, we're all in the real world. Or like, just, just just wait until you're 27 and you can't be on your parents' insurance anymore, you know? Oh, like, gosh. Yeah. Lord. Or just wait until you have your first baby and you stop sleeping. You and I talk about this one a lot. Or we call it baby shower syndrome or wedding shower syndrome uh-huh. where they say it at your wedding shower. Like, oh, gosh, just wait till you're married. Have marriage, fun now. Marriage is beautiful, but, oh, it's so hard. It's the Ooh. hardest thing you'll ever do. Oh, oh my gosh. There's a lot of hard <laughs> things. Digging ditches is hard. Is marriage easy all the time? No, but, like. You know, anyways, I don't want to go on a tangent. What I'm saying is this early adulthood, kind of mid-20s, maybe you're starting a family, maybe you're just starting a career, maybe you're still honestly like sorting it out. Maybe you tried two or three careers and you're not sure you're on the right one. That's okay. I just want to like hold a little space for this season and how hard it can be to sense what your calling is. Maybe this is what we encounter a lot with women who get coaching is that they have kind of a gnawing sense that there's more. We talk about it all the time that we say that's beautiful. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) If you're walking around saying like, I just feel like there's something more for me, that's having a kingdom-sized heart that wants abundance, really that wants to use your life for the good of others and the glory of God. And I also want to just hold a little bit of space for the woman who is maybe in that stage of life and is like, I could not handle more if my life depended on it. Mm -hmm. And that's normal too. It's all okay. But yeah, this feels like a really pivotal time to maybe be like, what in the world am I doing? Is this it? Is this all there is? Is there more I'm supposed to be doing? Am Am I missing it? Have I chosen right? This feels like a heavy season. This next one, I don't know. I can't tell if this next one is like the part of life that I'm in or not. (laughs) I would call this like the settled, but sensing something new or maybe even sensing some more margin. I think this one could be in your 20s. It could be in your 30s. It could be in your 40s. It could be in your 50s. It could be in your 60s. Maybe you love your life. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But you just sense like, I've got more. I've told you this, Anna. I started saying this like two years ago. I was like, I don't really know how to say this, but like, I have more love to give. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just knew, like, I go to bed at night and I think I've got more encouragement in the tank and Mm -hmm. I've got to find a way to give it away. I don't know, you know? So whatever age you are, whatever stage you're in, I think a lot of us kind of hit a point where we're like, I've got more, like there's more in me. And I want to make sure I'm putting that energy in the right space. Have you ever felt like that? Can you resonate with that one at all? I feel like not as much that one, but I feel like I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Like I'm thinking a lot of like, even like your mom, like, do yeah. you, like her, like her thriving in the third quarter Yes, that she's been yes. just really pushing into the past few years because yeah. she realized as a woman with grown children yeah. that she had 
time to dive into new things. Yeah. And exactly. It wasn't too late to start something, to begin something fresh and exactly. brand new. And, and she, I feel like we hear that a lot. She's a great example. She's like, I'm not winding down. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just getting started. That's what I tell her all the time. I'm like, you are just getting started yeah. and it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, I want to identify this season and I have definitely been in this one myself. And I would actually say I'm like just on the other edge of this, honestly, in my life. So a season or a place in life where a lot of women find themselves questioning what is their calling is when they have sensed something God wants them to do. They have stepped into it mm-hmm. and it has gotten hard mm-hmm. or it has gone wrong. Yeah. And I just want to say, man, that's it. First of all, like that's life. That's yeah. living. That's living on mission. But it's so real when you get in it and you're like, hold on, is it supposed to be this hard? Wait, hold on. Wasn't I supposed to be good at this? Or was I, I'm sorry, I'm actually like, this is hurting me. And maybe it's even hurting the people I'm trying to serve. What is happening here? Like, this can't be it. Like, I must have gotten it wrong. I must have heard from God wrong. And I just, I think that we're going to talk a little bit about that today, about even like what it looks like to hear from God. But I want to just free anybody up who might be in that particular place and say, as a reminder that God actually never expected us to get it a hundred percent right. Yeah. Not any of our callings. And we can see that biblically. Like we can see that he actually has never asked a single person to do it exactly right. So that means when I put that together with like one plus two equals three, that means like God actually kind of expects me to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And that when he calls me, he knows I'm going to make mistakes. When he calls me to anything, he knows I'm actually going to need help, that I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to have to apologize and try again. And that frees me up a lot, you know? Okay. So we've talked about some different seasons where maybe you feel stuck in your calling or you feel confused or you feel just like even like curious about what it is, but let's really actually get down to like the real question. (laughs) And this is what I feel like a lot of women want to talk about. And we get a lot of DMs about this. We get a lot of coaching sessions where women want to talk about this. So what I really want to talk about right now is let's define what it means to be called. What is calling? What does that mean? What do we mean when we're saying that? Okay. Before I give my whole spiel, if you could say in your words, Anna, what would you say when, if somebody said like, Hey, what does calling mean? I would say what you know that God has planned for you. That's good. I was almost going to say what God has called you to. <laughs> you can't use the same word or just find the word in the, de- in the definition. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, if you've been around Go and Tell Gals for any amount of time, you might know what I'm about to say. I'm going to talk about Mary Magdalene because she's our girl. So if you didn't know this, we get the phrase Go and Tell from John 20. And the story of John 20, what's happening, the context of John 20 is that Jesus has been crucified. He has died. He has been buried. And three days has passed. And Mary Magdalene, who was one of his faithful followers, who he was became connected with Mary Magdalene because he healed her of seven demons. She was possessed by seven demons. Jesus healed her, and then she became a faithful follower and disciple of his. She actually financially supported his ministry. All of this is in the Bible. It's not conjecture. So Mary Magdalene, his faithful follower, who was there at his crucifixion, rests on the Sabbath and then goes to anoint his body truly for burial. And what she finds is that he's gone. He is missing. Mary Magdalene sees an angel. And then Jesus, risen from the dead, appears to Mary, 
calls her name. She recognizes him when he calls her name and he says, go and tell the brothers that I'm up. That's my paraphrase. <laughs> go and tell the boys that I'm up. But he really says like, go and tell. And he, he gives her this commissioning. And so that's where we get the name, not only of this podcast, but our entire ministry that we want to equip women to go and tell whatever that looks like for them, whatever context that looks like for them. And so you might think that I'm going to say like, your calling is to go and tell. And you're not wrong. I think your calling is to go and tell. I think my calling is to go and tell. I think all of us are called to go and tell. But here's this thing that I want to hit on really quickly that honestly, I really just found in scripture this summer. And that's this. So I was actually teaching this summer at an event on calling. And I started for the first time ever, I don't know why, digging, I don't know why it's my first time, digging into different Greek references to the word calling. So I was like, what does this mean, right? I need to understand what it means too. I don't want to talk about it in a nebulous, like circular way. I want to be able to know what I mean when I say, when I say calling. So one of the, the most famous verses about calling is 1 Thessalonians 5.24. This verse says, he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. So I'm looking at this word in comparison to literally the word used in John 20 when Jesus calls Mary's name. Now, it's not the exact same word, but what's interesting is the word basically means the same thing. The Greek word is kaleo, and it means to call, to name, or address. And so what I'm telling you here is that Jesus calling Mary's name in a way that made her recognize this is Jesus. She literally says like, Rabboni, my teacher. Like she all of a sudden recognizes it's him because he calls her name. This act of him calling her name is the same act as 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. He who calls you is faithful. So the point I'm trying to make right here is that my new definition of calling is being in close enough proximity to hear Jesus, to know it is Jesus calling you and obeying what he tells you to do. Being in close enough proximity to hear Jesus, knowing it's his voice and obeying what he tells you to do. Now I could literally preach a two-hour message right there on that, but I do want to tell you just a few immediate points about this. If calling is being close enough to Jesus to hear him, I want to just say a reminder the good news for us is this. Our proximity to Jesus is not based on our behavior. It's not based on our rhythms. It's not based on our past. It's based on His righteousness imputed to us when He died on the cross for our sins and by grace through faith when we believe in Him. So your proximity to Jesus, a lot of people talk about, oh, she's so close to God. If by grace through faith you walk with God, you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're as close to Him as you'll ever be. Your proximity is defined. It does not shift or change based on your behavior, based on your life stage, based on when the last time you read your Bible is. You are close to Jesus because He has brought you near to Him. You are close to God. You are a daughter. You are in the kingdom. There's no like levels <laughs> you're in. You are close to God. So number one, to be close enough to him just means to know him, to agree. This is my, he's my Lord. He's my savior. I want him. I want Jesus. 
Now, we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to hear his voice and to be able to know it's his voice, but I'll go ahead and use our number one our number one phrase that we use at Go and Tell Gals, which is the good and the glory. And so a lot of times when women are trying to decipher, is this God or not? Did Jesus ask me to do this? Is God asking me to do this? Or is this just my idea? We ask them to check it against the good and the glory. Is it good for other people? And does it bring God glory? Mm, then we say you should probably trust that it's God. So number one, being close enough to him to hear his voice, that is proximity purchased through faith. Number two, knowing his voice, being able to weigh, is this about God's glory and the good of others? And then lastly, obeying what he tells you to do. I just want to give you this quick little caveat. When my kids were little, my kids are, I have three teenagers and now a nine-year-old, but when they were little, I was really big into this like teaching them what obedience is. Have you ever heard this phrase about obedience? I haven't. Okay. We used to always say like obeying, obedience. I would say this to my kids. Obeying is obeying the first time all the way with a happy heart. Obeying is obeying the first time all the way with a happy heart. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I stopped saying that when my kids were about four because number one, it never happened. So I was setting them up for failure. (laughs) Number two, I, something happened in me where I started to realize like, I don't really operate like that in my own life with God. I do not obey the first time God tells me to do something all the way with a happy heart. And so I need to make a little space for my kids to be human too. And so I just want to tell those of you who are like, you know what? I have sensed God telling me to do something or calling me to do something or asking me to step into something or asking me to step out of something for a while. And I have not been obedient. I want to tell you that there's something for me about watching my teenagers struggle to do the right thing, but ultimately choose it that makes me love them so much more. When I know like they do not want to obey me and it's taking everything in them and maybe they do not do it the first time and maybe they do not do it all the way and maybe it takes them a couple of tries. I'm like, man, so they do not have a happy heart. They do not always have a happy heart, but there's something about it that I'm like, you did that because you love me and you trust me. And that means a lot to me. And so I just want to free up any woman who might be like, you know what? I've not been walking in obedience that it is absolutely not too late. And in a perfect world, we would all obey the first time all the way with a happy heart, but that's not it for most of us. That's not not real life. (laughs) So that's my new definition of calling, being in close enough proximity to hear Jesus, knowing it's his voice and obeying what he tells you to do. That being said, I can't talk about calling without just identifying that I do believe that Matthew 28 feels pertinent for all of us. And this is just a passage of scripture right before Jesus' ascension. This is after his death, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. And he has spent, I think it's literally a couple weeks, it's crazy, ministering to the disciples and teaching them. And it says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you all to the very end of the age. So I actually do believe that is all of our calling. I think some of us are going to do that through parenting. I think some of us are going to do it through working in an office. I think some of us are going to do it by cutting hair. I think some of us are going to do it by podcasting. I think some of us are going to do it by many of those things. I think some of us are going to do it through writing. I think some of us are going to do it through silently serving somewhere and maybe never using our words. I think we might do it many different ways in our life, but I do believe that ultimately that's the root of calling for me. How does that sit with you? 
great. <laughs> it's okay if you have a dissenting opinion. I want to hear it. But listen, and it's okay if you guys have a different definition of calling. We want to hear that. We want to hear from you too. This is a conversation we want you to be a part of. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Today, our sponsors are us. <laughs> you know that at Go and Tell Gals that we love coaching women. We coach through our podcast and a variety of other ways, but we also love helping other women as they coach other people too. So this year, this fall, we are hosting our fourth round of coaching certification. We have just around 100 women who have been certified in our Go and Tell Gals coaching process, and we are literally obsessed with helping other women help other women take steps forward. For us, that's all that coaching is. It's coming alongside someone and helping them make a move forward so they can get unstuck. We work with women who are business coaches, who are life coaches. We work with women who coach by teaching on stages or by writing books. Not everyone that we certify calls themselves a coach. Some of the women go through the certification process so they can become better leaders or just better communicators in their various forms of leadership. But our coaching certification process is three parts. It's seven weeks of really incredible online training. It's a two-day in-person retreat in Charleston, South Carolina, and it's an ongoing community that meets and encourages one another every single week throughout the year. If this sounds like something that might be for you, if you're the kind of gal who has the gift of strategic encouragement, if you call yourself a coach or if you think you might be a coach or if you have no plans to call yourself coach but you could really use some intense leadership training, we would love for you to apply immediately. Spots are almost full for this year's certification round and we have just a few more days for you to apply. Go to goandtellgals.com and find out there how you can apply to go through our coaching certification process. We'd love to have you. Let's get back to the podcast. So we've talked about different seasons where you might really wrestle with your calling. We've worked on really defining what calling means for us. Again, it can mean something totally different for you. And I would actually think that's beautiful if you have your own perspectives and put your own words to it. But next, I want to throw out just a few questions. And when we were planning this podcast, actually, Emily on our team was like, hey, are you going to answer these questions? And I was like, oh, no, I think I'm just going to put the questions out there. Just open it. Just, just for you. Just open-ended. But I will say, maybe if it's helpful, I'll share my perspective on some of the answers. So really, I just have five questions that I think are helpful for all of us to think through as it pertains to our perspective on our God-given calling. Here's number one. Is there such a thing as wasting time? I hear a lot of women fearful that they're wasting time not operating in their God-given calling. I would just kind of pose that question back to you. Like, is there such a thing in the kingdom of God as wasting time? If you are seeking the heart of God, if you are showing up in your life trying to love others, if you are trying to use what you've been given for the good of others and the glory of God, is there such a thing as wasted time? I vote no. It's my personal vote. I think I agree. Because even what feels, I mean, I'm, this is now. Oh, we want to hear. This is now busted into their little journal time. But yeah, I mean, even thinking 
times of my life that maybe it felt like it was quote unquote wasted. Yeah. I learned something from it. I grew from it. It made me more grateful for the next season I entered into that I feel like was part of my calling. Yeah. Agreed. I once heard a mom, a friend of mine, this was years and years ago, and we both had little kids and she was saying that God had benched her. And she said, you know, God's just benched me in this season with all these little Mm -hmm. kids at home. And I was like, um, flag of the plague. I think that being at home with your kids is an incredible season of ministry. And not just because you're ministering to humans who you have a huge effect on. But I think for me, the season where I was at home with kids, God was building stuff in me. He was building like a deep desire to love his word and to do ministry. And even sometimes like being in my house and thinking like, man, I wish I was able to go use my gifts in this other way. Like, the patience and the passion that was stored up in me in that season, I'm still excited about it. You know, I'm still so grateful. I don't know. So I'm like, that's one example. My husband always tells people like one of the most powerful seasons of ministry for him was when he totally left church ministry for about a year and a half and worked in a cubicle. And he was like, I just needed to be around real people. I needed to be around real people who didn't see me as a pastor. I needed to hear what they talked about. And it like set him up for decades of pastoring well, you know? So what is wasted time? Is there such a thing as wasting time when it comes to your calling? You're going to have to answer that question, but I'm going to gently as your friend vote no. Also, all of these questions we're making into a PDF of journaling prompts for you. Yeah, we'll have a link in the show notes. You can click it and download these so that you can answer them easily. Okay. Question number two. (laughs) This is not the question, but I'm going to get to it. We hear a lot of women, a lot of women, like terrified, just terrified they're going to mess up God's plan for their life. Or that they're going to quote unquote, get ahead of God. Or that they're going to get ahead of God. So these next two questions are for you to journal through. Number one. No, it's really number two. How strong do you have to be to mess up God's plan for your life. My question to be on this is what would make you powerful enough to mess up God's Mm -hmm. plan for your life? And I'm going to actually just invite you to like go to scripture to get an answer. Not something you've heard said, not something you've heard said, go to scripture to get this answer. Tell us what you find. I want to hear like send us an email, DM us on Instagram, I want to hear what you find when you process this. But this is question number three. How fast are you? (laughs) If you are scared, you're going to get ahead of God. Are you worried that you're going to leapfrog over him? Are you worried that he's going to not see you around that corner and you're going to just zoom and lap him? I don't know. Are you real fast? Are you that fast? We might want to hear from you. We might want to know your tips. We might want to know your tips. I actually would love to be that fast. Let me tell you this. And this is where I'm going to give a little bit of my opinion. I think that it's almost impossible for a woman who is submitted to God, who's in community, who's seeking wise counsel, who is going to God and saying, here's what I think you've called me to. I'm going to take this next step. Please shut it down if it's not right. Please like give me unrest in my spirit if it's not right please give me some wisdom. I feel like it's just almost impossible to be faster than him somehow or to like make some huge wrong move that would derail his plan for my life. Yeah, That's my personal take. But I want you to go to God and I want you to go to scripture and I want you to seek some answers to these questions. Okay, question number four. 
How do you hear from God? Now, a lot of times when people ask this question, how they're saying it is, how do you hear from God? I want to ask it this way. How do you hear from God? How do you hear from God? Do you sense his just presence and power when you read scripture? Do you get a gut feeling or knowing about something? Do you love getting wisdom from other people? Do you just love asking for advice and feel like that really serves you? Do you sense something in your spirit when you spend time in prayer or in worship? Do you hear from God when you're in nature? And again, the check on all of these things is, is this thing you're hearing good for others? Does it give God glory? And I would also add, does it line up with scripture? And if it does, I would say you're safe to say, this is how I hear from God. But I would encourage you to know that it is absolutely going to look different for all of us. Mm -hmm. So actually, before we move on to the last question, I want to put Anna on the spot and say like, how do you hear from God? I'll share mine too. I feel like, through people a lot yeah, and through confirmation from people. I yeah. feel like a lot of things, if I'm like, if I'm wondering if I've been in prayer about something, I think typically I have kind of like a quote unquote gut feeling, but like, I think the yeah. gut is God. And then I think thinking through past situations, a lot of times he sends confirmation through people. Yeah. Um, whether I start conversations with them and actually seek their counsel yeah. or I have had crazy situations where like it is out of the blue, this someone like speaks something to me and I'm like, that wasn't relevant to anything. And that was exactly what like I needed to hear to yeah. know what my next step is. Yeah, you know? that's good. Well, I can tell about my answer in our last question because I want to tell like a personal story that you and I just lived out together. <laughs> so our last question for you to journal and think through First of all, I love your answer. That's beautiful. I also want to add with that too, because this question has been something that I've like thought about a lot in my life. And I feel like it can be a bit like of, I don't want to say a Christian cliche because I don't mm -hmm. think it's like, I don't want to call it a cliche that we hear from God because I absolutely believe that we do. Yeah. But I think for a while when I heard that, I felt some sort of like insecurity because I've never been someone who would say I've like audibly heard the voice of God yeah. in my head or my heart. Yeah. And so I would feel like, am I not doing a good job? Am I not Christian enough? Does he not actually mm. talk to me? Mm. When that's that's not the case, we all, quote unquote, hear from him differently. But when yeah. we say hear, there are quotes around that. In a lot of people's cases, it's not going to be audible hearing. Yeah, that's good. It's going to be perceiving. Yeah. So yeah. just a caveat I want to throw in there. You are not behind. You are not unqualified yes. or anything if you're like, I, I don't think I hear from God. I you do. You yeah. just need to dig into what that looks like. Yeah. You know a phrase that I'll use a lot? <laughs> I feel like you'll probably be like, yeah, actually, you do say this a lot. I will say the phrase, almost audible. Mm -hmm. I'll say, like, I heard from God, and it was almost audible. And I'll just, like, unpack what that means to, like, demystify it. To me, that's, like, when I have a thought or, like, a piercing idea that is out of nowhere, usually out of nowhere, that again, is good for other people and brings God glory and lines up with scripture that like a lot of times, like I won't have even been thinking about it or it'll, it'll just be like maybe even a left turn from what I was or how I had already viewed a situation. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'll be like, it felt almost audible, mm -hmm. you know, or like, I think I've told you this before. Like a lot of times I'll have a dream. If I have like what feels like a spiritual dream, I'll have a dream and then I'll wake up and I'll have like one piercing thought. Mm -hmm. And I would call that like, almost audibly heard from God. It was my voice in my head, but I knew like, this is not me. This yeah. isn't what I would think, Yeah, you know? 
Okay, our last question, and then I'll kind of answer this question combined with how I hear from God. Our last question is, what does peace look like for you? What does peace look like for you? So we started this conversation a few weeks ago. So this was really about three weeks ago. And again, like to just connect it back to the beginning of the podcast, we are, we've been in this crazy season of praying through this building. We feel like God's given us this building. We feel like, you know, it's just a miracle that they accepted our offer. We're so thrilled. We're so excited, but closing is dragging on. So we were originally supposed to close in May, (laughs) then it was June, then it was July, and then it was August 9th. So it's just been months that we've been really just trying to be patient. There was always just one thing that was off. Like we need this form filled out or we need this permit signed by the city or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We would get frustrated, but we never lost hope. You know, we were like, well, we're going to move into the building, but we were supposed to close on the building August 9th. And that was the first time we had like a closing date and we were so excited and we made timelines and plans around it. And then we got word a few days before August 9th that we were not going to close. And what's more, we were kind of in the thick of our intern retreat. We were so excited to show the interns the building. The next day, we kind of got word, like, this is open-ended. There is no potential close coming in the future where we cannot put any timeline on it. The powers that be cannot put any timeline on this close. So it was the first time that Nick and I really paused and said, does God want us to walk away from this? Are we like, you know, by holding on to this, are we like holding on to something that God doesn't have for us? And we talked about it with our team. And right at the exact moment that Nick and I kind of decided to have this conversation, I was actually, I've been talking to Nick about it. I'm driving to meet the team for dinner that night. And a friend texted me at the exact moment, like, hey, she texted me a scripture from the Old Testament and said like, what do you think it looks like to have peace? What does it mean to have peace about a decision? So we go to dinner with the Go and Tell Gals team and I'm talking to them. I'm like, what do you guys think it means to have peace? And I said, I hear specifically Christian women say this a lot. Like I didn't have peace about it or I had peace about it. And I'm like, what does that mean to you? Because I very rarely feel like warm and fuzzy when I'm doing what I think God's asked me to do. Mm-hmm. I very often feel scared. And again, I'm just, I don't want to negate any peace that you may have felt. And I don't want to like downplay that idea. And I know that the Bible talks a lot about having peace and feeling peace. But I think that it's one of those scenarios and one of those situations that we talk about so nebulously that maybe it's lost its meaning. I just wonder if the enemy is using it to make us run after something, a feeling that doesn't always come. Like, especially when we're doing something that is maybe scary and stepping out. And I was telling the team that day, I said, Nick and I are definitely going to pray for confirmation about this. And we're going to like pray for God to do a few specific things that did end up happening. And even one of them was like, we want to talk to this specific person and say, hey, do you still think this is a good business deal from your perspective with your wisdom about this? Like some of it was just really human. Like we're going to seek counsel and wise advice one more time. But that being said, I kind of rely more on a feeling of like disruption when I know I'm not supposed to do something Mm -hmm. like a lack of peace. (laughs) If I'm like, nope, this is not right. This is a bad decision I'm making. I will often feel that. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, I still think this is a question for everybody else to answer. Like what does peace feel like for you? Mm -hmm. But I would just want to say sometimes 
to me, peace feels really courageous. It feels like I have the faith to do this brave thing, but I don't necessarily feel chill about it, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So those are just five questions for you to think through in regards to calling. Okay, lastly, I want to just leave you with a few resources as you're processing calling. Number one, talk to God about your calling. (laughs) More importantly than like reading a book or talking to another human, I just invite you to talk to God. Hey, what's my calling? Have you ever asked him that? Have you ever asked him like, what have you called me to? What have you specifically called me to? I would say, talk to your people, talk to your friends, talk to your spouse, talk to your roommates, talk to your siblings. What do you think your calling is? Be the brave person who invites that kind of conversation. And then lastly, I want to encourage you to get the map to more. We really made the map to more. It's a guided workbook to help you process what you're called to. And it's for women in all different seasons who just sense that God has something more for them from a kingdom perspective. If you guys know of any resources that have been helpful for you in regards to calling, let us know and we'll share them with everybody else as well. Okay. We told you that we would tell you how to win that free coaching call. So here it is. We are going to give away one free coaching call to someone who leaves a review on the Go and Tell Gals podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. So you leave a review. I think it's most helpful on Apple Podcasts, because that's where a lot of people listen. But we'll take anywhere. We'll take anywhere. So we're going to give away one free coaching call this month to someone who leaves a review. If it's nice, that would be awesome. That would be the best. <laughs> but there will be, there's a link in the show notes where once you have left that review, go there and let us know that you did because... We don't have any way of contacting you if you don't do that. So go and leave your email in there. Let us know that you left us a review, hopefully a nice one. And we will choose one of those women to get a coaching call in the month of September. And the Go and Tell Gals podcast is back, baby. We're back. We're here for you. Foreseeable future. We all have a break planned for a long time. So we will see you again next Thursday. God is mighty in you. We are so proud of you. You are called to go and tell. We are convinced of that. And we are so grateful to get to be on your team. We love you, girls. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. We would be so blessed if you would take a minute to leave a review wherever you've listened to this podcast. You're also welcome and encouraged to share this on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you use social media. We'd also love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. Shoot us an email. We love to connect with you to hear how we can encourage you and further equip you. God is mighty in you. Let's keep going. Let's keep going.